Amen. God bless you. Let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter number 21. Numbers 21. And they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much, much discouraged. The soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Every journey is not the same. If you believe that, that you know that the trip to vacation is a lot more exciting than the trip home from vacation, right? Right? The soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. I want to preach this morning for a little while on the battle with discouragement. God, I pray that you would anoint me to preach. God, I'm asking you to help me to fully follow the leading of your spirit this morning. I ask you, God, to anoint the ear of the hearer. Let the seed of your word find good ground. I know the seed is good. Let the soil be good too, God. I pray, God, that when that seed finds our heart, that we mix it with faith and receive it with thanksgiving. But God, not only to hear it and receive it, but to react and respond to what you want to do. Lord, I pray, God, for your will to be done in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, give the Lord a good hand clap of praise as you're being seated. God bless you and thank you for standing. I wish that all of life were happiness and joy and trouble free. I wish that I always felt like I was living in total victory. I don't guess there's probably anyone here that likes revival more than I do. I love it when there's an outbreak of joy that moves throughout the building. Amen. As a pastor, there's nothing I love more than watching as the Holy Ghost begins to move in a church service and people begin to respond and, and there is a passionate outpouring of praise. There's nothing I like more than feeling the presence of the Lord and rejoicing in His presence. I wish I could tell everyone that life would always be easy and that you would never have a trial or a problem, but the reality is that there are difficulties for everyone. The Bible said it rains on the just and the unjust. Even Christians sometimes need an umbrella. In preparation for this service today, I have consistently felt compelled to preach about this particular subject now, not just for a little bit of time, but off and on for several weeks. Numbers chapter 21 brings to us the story of a specific portion of time in the lives of God's people while they were traveling from Egypt to the promised land. Israel was on a long journey, not an extended vacation. They were going somewhere. They were going to their promise. 
during the trip, an enemy attacked them. And when that enemy attacked, that enemy took from them and took some of them prisoner and treated them harshly. As a result of this particular attack, the people began to pray to God. And the Bible said that he heard their cry and he gave them a great victory and destroyed their enemies. The Bible said that they, quote, utterly destroyed them and their cities. It was a total rout for God's people, a complete victory. It would have been nice just to stay there and savor the moment and enjoy the victory. But their journey to their destination demanded that they keep on moving. And so they began to travel again. Soon they came to a rugged and barren land known as Edom. Edom was the land of the descendants of Esau. It was a rough and rocky, difficult place. It was a challenge under the best of circumstances. Instead of going through Edom, they decided to try to work their way around that difficult landscape. While avoiding the difficulties of Edom, they went by the Red Sea. It was a hard journey. And it seemed as if the progress was very slow. Numbers 21 and 4 said that they journeyed from Mount Hor by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom, to go around the land of Edom. And the Bible said the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. Their soul became discouraged because the journey was difficult. The rocks were hard. The ground was barren. The mountains difficult to climb. The rivers hard to ford. When the soul is discouraged because of the hardship of the journey, you don't even need an enemy to wage war against you. Amen. Some of us aren't fighting the devil. We're just discouraged because the way is rough. Discouragement is a terrible battle to fight. Discouragement is something that all people in the kingdom of God will face at some point in their lifetime. Not every sermon is a 100% sermon. Sometimes you know you're preaching to a handful of people in the congregation. And you realize you have a couple, 300 or so, that are sitting through a sermon that's really only intended for a handful. But some sermons you know are for everybody. And I'll tell you, if you don't need this sermon today, you better file it in your mental, in your mental file. Because at some point, you are going to need to have this message ready at your disposal. Because discouragement is something that everyone will fight at some point or another. The, day, the, the Bible tells us of King David. David was well known for his exploits in battle. He famously killed a lion and a bear 
And anyone that can kill a lion and a bear is quite a warrior. But a man that killed a lion, it's almost like the lion and the bear just fade into obscurity. Because he didn't only kill a lion and a bear, he also killed a Philistine giant named Goliath. He overcomes a lion and a bear and Goliath, and he subdues his enemies. He becomes the, the, the subject of songs of all the maidens of Israel. Saul has slain his thousands, but David his tens of thousands. In our mind's eye, we can see David with the, swing, the sling twirling in his hand as he raises that, that, that sling and he fight, we can watch the stone as it hits Goliath. It's almost as if we can picture what it must have been like for David to climb on top of the body of that slain giant and sever his head with the giant's own sword. We know David as the mighty warrior. We know David as the worshiper. We know David as the king. We know David as a prophet. We know David dancing before the Lord. We know David in all of those things. But we find another David tucked into the pages of your Bible. Psalms 38 and 6, David said, I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. He goes on in verse 8 to say, I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before thee. My groaning is not hid from thee. My heart panteth, my strength faileth. As for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone out from me. I can't even see victory. The light of my eyes has gone out. David had spent most of his life being an encourager and a warrior, but now he is in the bitter low point of a terrible struggle. He's not standing on the, cha on the chest of a slain giant. He's not dragging the carcass of a slain lion or, or bragging about killing a bear. At this point, he's not dancing in the presence of the Lord. He's not got his hands raised in victory. Now, David said, I can't even see hope anymore. The light of mine eyes has gone out. I can't even see hope for a better tomorrow. He's under an attack of discouragement. This kind of discouraging spirit comes straight from the bowels of hell. And the time will come in every believer's life when all of a sudden, almost out of nowhere, a spirit of discouragement will lay hold of your heart and your mind. You don't necessarily bring it on yourself. Neither does the Lord send it. Such an attack usually has nothing to do with any particular sin or failing. It's very simply a spirit of discouragement sent by hell to attack the people of God. You have to see your discouragement for what it really is. It's a weapon of hell 
an arrow that Satan shoots at you from his quiver to get you to doubt yourself and doubt your God. If he can tempt you to turn away from the Lord, if he can get you to give up and never believe God for a breakthrough, he wants to get you so down and out that you'll want to throw in the towel and quit and give up. David used many words to describe how he felt. Feebleness, soreness, brokenness, troubles, disquietness, mourning, all of these bowing David's spirit low. He felt dry and empty without direction. He said, as for the light of mine eyes, it also is gone from me. I can't even see spiritually right now. I've lost my vision. I've lost my revelation. I can't see hope right now. Amen. Listen, I know a little bit about how David felt. I know how it is sometimes to feel the highs of victory and then out of nowhere feel the depth of despair and you don't even know why. I will admit this morning, I'll admit that there are times when I feel I can do anything and there's times I feel I can't do anything at all. Discouragement. Discouragement. The children of Israel were on their way to the promise when discouragement hit them. They had been delivered from Egypt. That's awesome. They had watched the Red Sea part and walked through on dry ground. That's awesome. They watched manna fall from heaven. That's awesome. They watched water come out of a rock enough to, to water everybody and their animals. That's awesome. They had seen miracle after miracle. That's awesome. They were fresh off of a complete rout of the Canaanites, their enemy. They had completely and utterly destroyed their cities. And the, the very next verse, they were overwhelmed with discouragement. It was the very next verse. They overcame their enemy. And the very next verse, they were discouraged because of the way. You can, you can go from revival to discouragement in the blink of an eye. You can go from the mountaintop to the valley. Some of you, some of you that are barely awake right now were shouting in the parking lot four weeks ago. Some of you that are barely wiping the sleep out of your eyes, we couldn't get you to calm down long enough to preach five minutes just about three or four weeks ago. But now what's happened? The spirit of discouragement lays hold on the soul and it's a battle for your spiritual life. The very next verse from complete victory their soul was overcome by discouragement. Discouragement comes when you're given a high level of effort but making a low level of progress. When you feel like you're exerting all you can but you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. Discouragement eats a hole in your heart. It makes you want to quit. It makes you say things you shouldn't say towards God and towards others. 
Let me tell you this morning, discouragement is universal. No one is immune to discouragement. Every one of us has been discouraged at one time or another. Can I also tell you something else? Discouragement is reoccurring. Just because you got through it once doesn't mean it might not come back. Just because you overcame it last year doesn't mean it may not rear its head again this week. Just because you got over it last month doesn't mean that you won't wake up feeling low in the spirit tomorrow morning. It comes back. It doesn't mean there's a problem with you. It means you're in a battle for your spiritual life. And you got to understand that it's the devil trying to destroy you. Can I tell you something else? Discouragement is highly contagious. Discouragement, if you allow it, will spread to other people. Negativity gets around. People can become disheartened because you're discouraged. Amen. When they see people struggling, it becomes a burden to themselves. Today I'm speaking to good people who may be facing a battle with discouragement. Often when you're discouraged, you can't even pinpoint why you feel the way you do. Amen. I don't remember which of my daughters it was, but it was several years ago. And, and they were crying. I asked them why they were crying. They said, I don't know. I just feel like crying. It's funny when it's a story about a little girl. But when it's your life story, and you come and you have all the reasons you think to have joy, but you can't seem to feel joy. God's been good, but you still feel discouraged. You've seen the hand of God, but you feel discouraged. Some of us, we went to bed positive, woke up the next morning discouraged, and not one thing had changed except you slept a little bit. Can I get an amen? Discouragement is the devil's favorite tool. It has been the enemy's weapon of choice for centuries against God's people. From the day you become serious about the things of God, Satan has a goal to discourage you. He watches you dig deeper into the word and he says, I got to discourage that. He watches you worship God and he says, I got to discourage that. He watches you start to get faithful to the house of God and he has to discourage that. He sees you starting to want to do something with your life to glorify God and he makes you a target for a heavy attack. Listen to me carefully. The enemy wants to destroy your progress with discouragement. But we have to understand that discouragement is not a mental issue it is a spiritual battle. And you got to understand the enemy wants you to be discouraged. Amen. Oh, why don't you lift your hands right now? Amen. We, we're in a spiritual battle. I'm fighting for some people this morning. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel the hand of God trying to shake somebody from their discouragement. God's trying to give somebody hope. That you wondered, will I ever feel joy again? Yes, you will. You're just dealing with discouragement. But there's victory. In the 
book of Numbers, when the soul of the people was much discouraged, they had a choice to make on how they dealt with it. Discouragement brings you to a choice. Here's how they dealt with it in the book of Numbers 21 and 5. And the people spake against God. God, you don't love me. God, this way, the, the, the way's too difficult. If you really cared about me, it wouldn't be this hard. The Bible said, and they spake against Moses. If you were anointed, we wouldn't be here, Moses. If you had heard from God, we wouldn't be here. If you knew the direction we were supposed to take, we wouldn't be dealing with this. They said, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? There is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loatheth this light bread. That light bread was manna that God cooked in heaven's oven and sent every morning to keep them alive. And they said, we, we know God has blessed us with this manna, but I hate it. I'm sick of manna. Our, we loathe this light bread. I hate God, what you've given me. I hate my spiritual food, God. I'm tired of eating manna. I want something else. They hated their spiritual food. They disliked the man that prayed for them. And they didn't like the God that had brought them out anymore. That's what discouragement can do to your soul. That's what discouragement. You say, well, I'll never feel that way about God. You let yourself stay discouraged long enough and you'll feel exactly that way about God. I'll never feel that way about my pastor. As soon as somebody says that, I almost guarantee you they'll feel that way before long. Amen. God, I'll never get tired of worship. God, I'll never get tired of the word. I'll never get tired of church. There's people sitting at home right now that said, I'll never get tired of the presence of God. But they're not here now because they got discouraged and they loathe that spiritual. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to eat that bread anymore. I don't want to hear that preaching anymore. I don't want to worship. I'm, I'm just, it's discouragement. You got to fight the spirit of discouragement. If you're feeling any of those symptoms, you ought to throw your hand up and say, God, help me to overcome discouragement before it's too late. They hated the manna, they disliked the man of God, and they didn't like God anymore. Discouragement will make you abandon everything that has sustained you and got you where you are. Amen. I said discouragement will make you abandon everything that has sustained you spiritually and gotten you to where you are. You're here because somebody prayed for you. You're here because the presence of God. You're here because a man of God preached to you. You can't let discouragement cause you to throw away all the things that have gotten you this far. It's the spirit of discouragement. You ever felt? Yeah. When your brain is stuck between two thoughts, you say words like, yeah. Oh, God, I'll never feel that way. I'll never feel that way. Spirit of discouragement 
if not dealt with, can take the most passionate soul winner and turn them so far from God to where the things that they used to love, they no longer love and they have picked up things from the wilderness that they never should have touched. Because of their reaction to discouragement, their sin was not getting discouraged. Say that with me. It's important for us to understand that. Their sin was not getting discouraged. Their sin was how they reacted to their discouragement. The discouragement was not what was wrong. What was wrong was that they let discouragement cause them to be angry at God, angry at Moses, and hate manna. And their reaction to their discouragement, because of that, the Bible said that God sent fiery serpents to them. God didn't send the serpents because they were discouraged. God sent the serpents because their discouragement caused them to sin. When you are discouraged, you have two choices. You let it push you away from God or you let it push you toward God. You either let your discouragement push you away from the presence of God or you let discouragement bring you closer to the presence of God. I've watched people in this church over the years. I first preached here in 1991. I was a youth pastor in the night. For those of you that don't know that history, I was a youth pastor in the mid-90s. I went to Indiana to take a church, and I came back. But my history with this church goes all the way back to 1991. Some of you I've seen, praise God, through the whole thing. And some of you are brand new. Praise God for that, too. But I've watched some people. I've seen people go through a lot of trials, financial trials, marriage trials, trials with their children, trials with their job. Trials with their family. Trials with their neighbors. I've watched people go through trials. I've seen some of them respond with worship. And I've seen some of them respond with unfaithfulness. And how you respond to your discouragement is going to make the difference on if you survive it or not. you got a choice to make. If you're discouraged today, you got a choice to make. You can let it push you further from God. Or you can let it bring you closer to God. Trying to remember where I was. I go so many places I don't remember where I'm at half the time. I remember one time I was halfway around the world. I, I, I woke up in the middle of the night and I couldn't remember where in the world I was. I tried my best. I laid there, and I tried to remember, where am I? Where am I? And I, I couldn't remember, and I looked out the hotel window, and I looked around, and I finally saw a building that had Arabic writing on it. And I realized I was in the Middle East. I had no idea where I was. I was somewhere recently, and I was watching some children playing. And there was one little girl, man, she was so mad. I don't know what it was that aggravated her, but she was so angry. All the other kids were having fun, having a good time, and she, was, and, and she was upset. She didn't like it not one little bit. And sure, her, 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 her discouragement caused her to isolate herself from all the other kids. And all the other kids were having fun, but she had isolated. But 
But she didn't just isolate. She isolated and she sat there and she crossed her hands and she got the meanest, maddest, most frustrated look in the world. And she just sat there. And she waited until somebody came and babied her. Oh, it's okay. It's all right. Come on, let's have, it'll, it'll be okay. Her display, she, she's just a child. She doesn't understand the psychology of it. She didn't understand that subconsciously her display was an outcry for attention. She's just a child. She doesn't understand that just by but that her the mental reason that she was sitting there that way was so somebody would notice her so upset that they would come and they would bring her into the group. She doesn't understand that. She's just a child. But I've watched people do that sometimes in a worship service. While people are worshiping, if I stand here and look sad enough, somebody will come over and try to get me to feel better. If I act like I'm bored enough being here, maybe somebody will notice that and come over and bring me out of that. Brothers and sisters, you cannot depend on somebody else to get you out of where you are. You've got to understand, I can't let discouragement keep me from the presence of God. It's going to drive me closer or it's going to drive me further. It's the spirit of discouragement. God, if I feel discouraged, i got to praise my way through it. You see, we, I, I'm, I, we have to remember something. That praise is never about me. I don't praise God because I feel good. I don't praise God because I'm happy. I don't praise God because I'm on the mountaintop. I don't praise God because everything's going great. I praise God because God's worthy of praise. And what I'm going through doesn't affect the worthiness of God at all. When I don't worship because of my circumstances, what I'm doing is I'm digging my circumstances deeper in my life. Amen. Sister Colvin, would you mind coming up here? I was going to say run up here, but I, I'm not in the running mood myself right now. But you said something. I, I want to, and, and, and I'm sorry to do this in front of everybody, but, but you blessed me a few weeks ago. You, you, you were up here, and, and if you hadn't noticed this lady, nobody out shouts her. Doesn't matter age or anything else. Nobody out shouts her. And I thought, man, she must have it all going her way. Because she, she told me something the other day. You blessed my soul. And, and ever since then, I've co covenanted to pray for what you told me. But she told me why she shouts that way. She said, I got a couple of things in my life. And I'm not going to go into it. But she said, I got a couple of things in my life that if God doesn't move, it's not going to change. And I need God to move. And that's why I shout. I'm not shouting because it's all good. I'm shouting because I need it to get good. You see, the enemy might want to get her just to sit down. Just, just sit down. 
what do you got to praise about? You got these needs. You just be quiet and you just sit there till it changes. If you take that mindset, it'll never change. That's why she shouts. That's why she shouts, because she understands, I can't let discouragement keep me from my breakthrough. I can't let it stop me from my miracle. I wonder if somebody helped me help her shout for her breakthrough right now. You got to fight discouragement. It's the fight for your soul. You got to fight discouragement. You got to come against it. I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel some stuff starting to break in the spirit right now. Hey, somebody's starting to climb out of their pit. Somebody's starting to climb out of their grave. Woo, Jesus. Bishop Wilson, you remember telling a story about the man that was walking through the cemetery at night? He fell into an open grave. And he tried to climb out, and he tried to climb out, and he tried to climb out. And the guy, another guy apparently had fallen in the grave before him. This guy's trying, and the guy says, give up. There's no use. But he came out of the grave. I feel the devil been telling somebody, give up. There's no use. But I feel somebody getting out of that grave right now. I feel somebody starting to understand. I'm not giving in to that discouragement. I'm not giving in to that spirit that wants to get me to quit and give up. I've shown up this morning to fight. I've shown up this morning to fight for somebody's joy. Oh, Holy Ghost, have your way here right now. Some of you are just a few short movements away from breaking free in your soul. have mercy. Holy Ghost, have your way here right now. I'm not going to let discouragement stop me. I'm not going to let it silence me. I'm not going to let it keep me from praising my way to victory. I'm not going to get it to quiet me. I'm pressing through the spirit of discouragement. Can I tell you something right now? The Bible says that the the, the wound is better than the kiss sometimes. You know it? Let me tell you. Let me tell you good Holy Ghost filled folks something. If the devil's not trying to discourage you, you might want to do a spiritual health check. The discouragement that the enemy's sending to try to keep you down is the greatest compliment that hell can pay somebody. Because hell knows that if you ever get stirred up, he's got no hope. If you ever get your joy back, he can't keep you. If you ever get your shout back, he's done with. If you ever get your prayer life back, he can't. Your discouragement is a compliment from hell. 
Your discouragement is hell saying you're too hot for me to handle. You're too powerful for me to deal with. Your discouragement is the devil's way of saying I can't deal with you when you're on fire. I feel like I'm signing a flashlight in somebody's soul and you're starting to get a revelation that there's not something wrong with you, that what you've been dealing with isn't a sign that you got a problem or that you're, de- you're bad or away from God, but what you're dealing with is common to Christian people because the devil knows he can't handle the church. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. The victory is decided. It's already determined. somebody just open your mouth right now and let the Holy Ghost flow through you. It may feel awkward. There's some people here you're so hungry for a breakthrough. You're so hungry for a change. You feel feel awkward stepping out in praise. You feel awkward lifting your voice. That's just the enemy's way to keep you down. If I needed victory, I wouldn't let nothing stop me right now. If my family was at risk, I wouldn't let anything stop me. If it was my soul on the line, I wouldn't let the devil silence me, not for one second. I'd scream, I'd holler, I'd yell, I'd do whatever I had to do. I'm fighting for my husband. I'm fighting for my children. I'm fighting for my wife. I'm fighting for my soul. It's a battle with discouragement. I hear the voice of victory in Bethlehem tonight. I hear the voice of victory coming from somebody.
Hallelujah. I wish everybody lift their hands and their voice right now. I wish everybody would become a participant in what the Holy Ghost is doing here right now. Oh, yes, Lord. You don't have to be Moses because God is God. You don't have to be Moses because God is God. God's a deliverer. God's a way maker. God's a very present help. Amen. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and let the Holy Ghost lead you? Why don't you let the Spirit of the Lord lead you? Why don't you let the Holy Ghost begin to lead you? There's victory all over this house. It's not only in the altar. It's in the aisle. It's in the pew. It's in the front. It's in the back. It's all over this place because the Spirit of the Lord is here. God. the oil of joy come in this place. God, let the garment of praise be put on somebody today. God, let the oil of joy flow in the aisles of this church. God, let the oil of joy flow across this altar. God, let the oil of joy move in this place. Oh, God, you're the lifter of our head. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. Thank you, Jesus. 
Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. How many of you have heard the statement that it's aerodynamically impossible for a bee to fly? A few? You've never heard? Y'all don't read enough. It is aerodynamically, according to the scientists, impossible for a bumblebee to fly because of its body weight, the size of its wings, the displacement, all that aerodynamic stuff, lift, drag, all that, whatever, whatever, whatever. When, when the queen bee lays the egg in the, in the honeycomb, the honeycomb is plenty big for the larva. But if it doesn't come out of that honeycomb, it dies. But when it's pushing its way out of that honeycomb, there is a, there is a I don't know what the, the term for it, it's like a skin that's wrapped around it. And it struggles. I read somewhere that it may be for days it struggles trying to squeeze out of that honeycomb. What the bumblebee doesn't know is that it's the struggle from that honeycomb that pulls that membrane that releases its wings. And if it's not for the struggle, it never flies. But it's the struggle that releases its wings and gives something that is aerodynamically impossible the ability to do something that the scientists say, you can't do that. Let me tell you what some of your struggle is. Some of your struggles are the way that God's helping you prove the naysayers wrong. You'll never be able to make it. You'll never amount to anything. You'll never make it living for God. You'll never be able to do anything for God. You'll always be this. You'll all, but the struggle is God's way of teaching you how to use your wings. I want you to lift your hands all over this place, and I want you to pray that God would give somebody faith to believe that they can fly again. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Your struggle is just building your strength. Your struggle is just helping you get through. You're going to go places you never thought you could go because of the strength you get from this battle you're fighting. The battle with discouragement. several months um, you know I, I can look back on my life and I know what God's done for me I know what he's brought me out of I know what he's brought my family out of he's you know he's he's brought me out of addiction he's healed my mom of cancer he's reunited me with my family um, and, and God only knows the list of things that I don't know about that he's kept me from and my family from but yet discouragement still came. It still comes. And over the past month, it just seemed like I'd take a step forward. And I was taking two steps back. And it was, it was like the enemy was mocking me as if he was just laughing at me like, look what I did and there's nothing you can do about it. But I want to tell you something. Last night, I, I seen a miracle. I watched a miracle. 
I had a phone call at 2 o'clock this morning that my son had been in an accident. And I prayed all the way there, and I get there, and, you know, I'm expecting the worst. He walks up to me without a scratch on him. His truck is totaled, mangled mess, and he did not have a scratch on him. And there was times that I would think, God, do you even hear me down here? Do you hear me? Why does this have to happen to me? But last night he showed me I'm still in control. I can still, I can do this. He is my child. I'm still in control. So no matter what your situation is, it may, it may look the worst to you, but that's because you're looking at it with your eyes. But God is working, and he's still in control. If you believe he's a wonder-working God, why don't you give him praise this morning? He's still a miracle worker. There's still a miracle for you. Oh, that's right. Let's praise him. Let's worship him. Let's glorify him. Let's magnify him. Let's praise him. Come on, lift him up in the room right now. Come on, praise his name. There's, let there be a sound of victory in the room. Come on, there's victory in the house right now. There's victory in the room right now. Come on, you don't have to leave here the same way you came. There's victory right now, right now, right now. Lift your hands in victory. Lift your hands in victory. Lift your voices in victory. Come on, let there be a sound of victory in the room. Come on, let there be a sound of victory in the room. Lift it up, lift it up, lift it up. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Let there be a sound of victory in the room. Let there be a sound of victory in the room. Come on, there's victory right now. There's freedom right now. There's joy right now. There's peace right now. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. I feel one more shout of praise in here. I feel one more shout of praise in here. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Come on, praise him because it's done. You're leaving here with strength. You're leaving here with hope. You're leaving here with faith. You're leaving here with encouragement. You're leaving here with power. You're leaving here with authority. You're leaving here with joy. Hallelujah. good time for somebody to get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. Right now would be a great time for you to get baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved, today is a great day for you to get baptized in that name and get all your sins washed away. The Bible says, Arise 
and, and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord right now. Don't wait, don't wait, don't wait, don't wait. Right now, arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord, and he'll wipe it away. He'll wash it away. He'll cleanse you, and you'll come out with more joy than you've ever experienced in your life. Do I have a witness this morning? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Was well, anybody encouraged this morning? Anybody feel better? You feel that joy coming back? <laughs> you feel that peace flooding your soul? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Remember church tonight at 6.30, prayer at 6 o'clock. Prayer is just as important as church, so you need to be here at 6 o'clock tonight in the prayer room. And remember, first steps immediately after service, you may be dismissed today in Jesus' name.